This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step. It's Friday, and yes, we are almost to Christmas Eve. I just want to say this, you know, tonight we're actually having our first candlelight service at the church next door. We would love for you to join us at, at 5 p.m. or tomorrow. We're going to have three services at, uh, I think it's 3, 3, 3.30, 3 5, and 6.30 p.m. Thank you, Pastor Doug. See, he helps me remember all the little details in our very busy church. So today we wanted to take a little bit of time. We want to prepare your heart for Christmas. And we've been talking about all this week about Christmas time is a time for restoration and renewal. And so let's talk about what that means. And uh, I want you to think about this. I don't know where you are today. You may be cooking and cleaning for people that are coming, or you may be driving your car. You may be on a truck route, and you're finishing the last loads, just looking forward to the fact that you get to be off this weekend. Others of you, like Doug and I, know you're working because it's uh, Christmas Eve. We are gearing Eve. up. That's right. Uh, we I, we feel your, uh, I don't know, angst about having to work on Christmas because we've done it uh, the majority of our life. Most people don't think about it as work because they don't see it as work. But tonight, let's... You know, let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God in this season. Let's celebrate that He came to restore us and to renew us. And what does that look like? Go ahead, Doug. Well, I I like. Uh, I, I hope this isn't uh, too too worldly, but if everybody's familiar with the movie A Christmas Story, uh, it it's going to air twelve times on TBS or TNT. The or house is it, for sale, the, and the house is for sale now, and a sequel is coming out. But that final shot where the parents just... I don't want all the fix-up on that house. <laughs> no, I don't want the lamp either. But uh, where the parents are sitting there, the kids are asleep, The you know, all the Christmas activities over, but the tree is still lit. They sit there in the dark, and the snow is coming down. And that is Christmas restoration for me. You know, we have a daughter, and there is that activity in the morning. But later on, there's just quiet enjoyment, and that's my image of Christmas restoration. Well, I, I connect to always the snow, to that I'll, I will make your sins as white as snow. You know, the scripture says that, that, you know, the, the darkest part of our life, the, the biggest, bloodiest mess, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, is, is cleaned. It's, it's covered by Jesus. It's covered by the message of the Messiah, and, and that is the beauty. You know, we talked this week about just the gifts of hope, the Magi who came to Jesus. And we we unpacked Matthew 2. And if you missed that, go back and, and download the podcast. You know, don't miss out on Christmas. You know, take the time to really unpack what it means. But we talked about the Magi and just the the courage that they had, the humility that they had, the the attention that they gave to God's Word. And I think that that works in our life. 
you know, how has it taken courage in your life to be a follower of Christ Jesus? Well, you are an outcast. Yeah. In some, I mean, it, it, it wasn't as obvious when I was a kid, but it is obvious now that we are not, even if they think we're the majority, we're not the prevailing drivers of culture. Yeah. And they're going to let us know that we are not what they want us to be. So to, to sit there and, you know, there was an actress this week that came out and said, we don't want certain things in our movies. And she was savaged for it, you know, because she was saying, you know, we're, we're going to do traditional marriage in our movies. We're not going to do the other yeah. uh, alternatives. And she was attacked for that. So it does take courage. She personally was standing for that. Yeah. She, she's an actress, but she's also on the creative side and, she got attacked. Well, I don't. I don't think I've ever missed out on anything, uh, because of being a Christian. But I have missed out on things because I'm a Christian. Now, let me explain what I mean. Um, you know, when you're a pastor, which you understand, Doug. You know, you move into a neighborhood, and people are glad that you're a neighbor because they know you're not going to steal from them. Right. You're not going to cuss their children out. You're not going to be uh ungodly you know and and neighbors tend to like that they don't they don't want uh someone who's playing loud music and destroying the neighborhood but they also don't want someone who's godly coming to their poker games uh to their christmas parties cuz now they've got to decide do we have beer and alcohol at our christmas party mm-hmm. because our neighbor's a pastor do we invite them well don't invite them it's so yeah, you miss out on certain activities. And what I know is is that these astrologers, these spiritual advisors, these priests from afar, you know they paid a price among their religious group because they said, we're going to go check out the Jewish Messiah. So it's separated. And I've watched this all the time here at the church. I watch people that come from different backgrounds, you know, uh, for years, we've invited people from different cultures to the candlelight service. I have this one family that um, came. They were Hindu. Uh, I'm not sure where they are today, but they came as Hindus on Christmas Eve because someone in our church from India said, you ought to come on Christmas Christmas Eve. And they came because they got the invite. Does that make sense? And then... One year they come, after the Christmas service, they come up and said, would you bless our new baby? And I looked at him. I said, well, you know I'm going to do this in Jesus' name. Are you okay with that? Yes. I said, I'm going to pray that Jesus would be important in their life. They said, yes. And so these parents are agreeing for me to ask Jesus into their child's life, you know. Well, a couple years later, they travel here. They've moved to another state. And they travel for Christmas wow. to to celebrate with us. And they say, this is the baby you dedicated. It's now, you know, older. So I pray with them, and we're inviting Jesus into their life. It's a process. And it takes courage, humility, and you've got to be attentive. What is it you're doing? That's what we learned in this lesson. It's it's what I call the, the Daniel connection to to wisdom. You know, it's just approach life from this aspect that when you when you're forgiving, you're loving, when you're understanding, you you know, people are attracted to you. 
And that's the opportunity of Christmas that I think it, it really brings restoration to people and, and encourages me. It's, it's exciting to me every year to see that. I look forward to this, this week, this weekend, because I know it's going to bring people closer to God, and that's what I love. I like, though, that you just brought in that word wisdom, and of course, you're connecting it with Daniel, yeah. uh, who's one of the wisest. I mean, Solomon is is there, yeah. but Daniel's, you know, a, a close second, I would imagine. But Jesus also, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking of baby Jesus this weekend, but adult ministering Galilean Nazareth Jesus also talked about wisdom, and he said, the wise man builds his life upon my words. You know, when you talk about making Jesus Lord— even when I was, I wasn't taught that until Bible college. I don't know if that was in my home church or not, but it wasn't until Bible college that I really remember hearing that language. But it was always kind of like a um, begrudging thing, you know. He's Lord, you better just accept it and go along with the program. But to make him Lord is really to acknowledge the wisdom of living his way of life. And you know, you have this week you talked about forgiveness, you talked about understanding. These are preferable. They turn out better than the alternatives. That's they, right. It, it is wisdom. When we, you know, so it's interesting to me. So you mentioned Solomon. Well, Solomon was the wisest man. The scripture says that. I don't doubt that. But, you know, it's really easy to be seen as wise when you have power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and there's a connection. You need wisdom to manage power. And ultimately, uh, Solomon didn't do so well. We, the, the the record on him is clear in Scripture, that he let his wisdom and power go to his head, and he thought he could hang out with false gods, and it would work okay with him. And that's our generation's problem. Mm-hmm. We 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 love wisdom. We love the internet. We love you know, hey Google, whatever we you know. Uh, you know, we're constantly looking. Daniel was different. All right. Did Daniel have some power? Yes, he did, because he was a governor. He was a satrap. He was a leader. But he was a eunuch, more than likely, and a slave. Mm-hmm. He, 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 was, he had to serve in that. He had to do whatever the king told him he had to do. He didn't really have authority, and yet he had wisdom. Well, that's the kind of wisdom and power Jesus had. Now, he gave up the ultimate power in heaven— to be the wise leader that he was. And if we will humble ourselves, if we will if we will sit under Jesus, we'll experience that wisdom and his power will set us free. Daniel was never bound even though he was bound for all those years because he understood God is still my God, I'm God's, I'm under his authority. And he's going to lead me through everything that's going on here. And so the the wisdom, I I really, I love this concept of wisdom and how if you, if you'll, if you'll embrace it, especially at Christmas time, it, it's, it's going to bring a a real change in your life. Yeah. That, you know, you talk about freedom. Uh, If you can't control alcohol in your life, are you really free? If no. you can't control gambling, if you can't control certain if you things can't on control the internet, Doritos and M and M's, you're and not that's free. Me, okay, now okay? you're getting personal. Now well, you're but getting. I'm just telling you, I, I try. I, I I mean, I love M and M's, and I love and and they do give you pleasure. I mean, at least in my brain, they. Do. I mean, Oreos. Someone told me one time that Oreos were 
like one of the most addictive things. Oh right? yeah, those no, those chocolate nicotine wins according to all the studies. I I, I I don't know about nicotine, but I can tell you about the white chocolate covered Oreos. So, one hundred calories a pop. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and I got to do at least ten. So. Oh my god. <laughs> You'll have to go run ten miles. Oh, I, I will, because it's a oh it's a hundred a mile. But you're not really free. You know, we think this is freedom. And I even heard like when we opened up, I can't remember if it was Pakistan or Iran, and they brought in an adult theater, and the guys like, yeah, we're free now. No, that's not freedom. But what you just described, <laughs> that's a new bondage. Yeah, it's a new bondage to be like Jesus and say, or Daniel, I give up ultimate power, but I maintain this wisdom even when there's a, a power over top of me. That is an incredible freedom, and that's the freedom that we're celebrating this weekend. That's right. And so what, what I want you to think about today in, in your next step is, is there anything that's binding me that I need to, to, be let, to let go? Mm-hmm. We connected uh, this forgiveness, this need for forgiveness. Is there anybody I've been holding anything against? This is Christmas. Forgive them. Uh, say, God, I, I release this person. I trust that you'll make up the difference for the loss that they created in my life, and I ask you to bless them. I bless them in the name of Jesus. May that come out. You say, well, why would I do that? That, that seems Because Jesus did that on the cross. He was our ultimate example. That's his wisdom, okay? And he saw true power. True power was to say, Father... Uh, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and he was blessing us because he gave us access to the Father through the cross for uh, freedom from our sins. Let's take a little bit of the time we have left over. Let's talk about renewal because uh, you know I, I think that Christmas is a time for renewal, and um, it, it just you're going to renew some relationships this week. Uh, you, you're going to see people you haven't seen in a while. Uh, I just, what do you think about when you talk about Christmas time renewal? Um, kind of similar again, that image from a Christmas story pops into my mind, but Christmas is so close to new year's as well. And January has been a difficult time for me because all the fun stuff is over and it's freezing cold outside and Mm. gloomy, but the Lord has told me there's going to be rebirth in that. yeah. And so I have decided this year, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to allow, you know, seasonal affective disorder or whatever to come in. I'm going to believe that there is, you know, post-Christmas, post the arrival of Jesus, there's some sort of rebirth or renewal that's going to come into my life. Well, I actually think that uh, we need to rest mm-hmm. in order to have renewal. And God created the seasons to force rest upon us, to force rest into the natural system, because it's our human nature just to keep going. It's why some of us, uh, you know, not me, uh, some of the human category, they go to a warmer spot during that time just so they can keep going, so to speak. Um, No, I'll be here with you in the cold tundra of Ohio. Uh, 
I'm just glad I don't live in that state up north, which is even oh, colder. Oh, e- even worse is what I Not heard. Not that I, I love, I pray for them in the wintertime because I think, oh, wow. I've never crossed the border. Oh. <laughs> I've never been up there. <laughs> but but yeah, you think about these, you know, we're, we have several fields very close to us. Yeah. Uh, they've been harvested now. They're going to be covered with snow. They really are resting. They are That's being right. renewed for another crop this next August. Well, in this lesson, I, I talked about how the, the water comes into to Death Valley and it causes this super bloom. And what I, what I love about that is that it's a picture of God's nature and the way he works. And if you'll welcome it today, if, if I'll welcome it to say, God, it's Christmas time, I'm spent. I've busted my behind all this month to get to these couple days off. And then, yes, there's going to be some snow days. There's going to be some ice days. Uh, there's going to be some days. And every time you have one of those days, say, God, I thank you that you love me enough to make me slow down. Yeah. God, I receive that from you. And, and just say, God, if there's something in my life, if my soul, my soul needs restoration— your word says that you're the one that does that. See, only God can restore your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I, I think that's what we need right now. I think that we've got some broken thinking. I think our our emotions are on a frazzle, and, and we need that. And so um, we talked about in this lesson how to receive a gift properly. I said it's a three-step process with humility, uh, give a give a, a a word you know in terms of the spirit when you when you receive a gift you say thank you yeah. you say i appreciate this god I, I i welcome it okay and then give a gift back to god that's the way you you properly respond to a gift and in this christmas season have you given god a gift have you said god i i want to present this offering or god I want to help someone in need. I, I know lots of you have. But go back and say, God, I want you to know, I, I served at that food kitchen. God, I, I gave that coat for kids. I gave that toy. I did that. God, I'm doing that because I receive from you. I know that every day that I have life and I have breath, I'm receiving yeah. from you. I, I find that in every relationship in my life, I have to be verbal for that relationship to be effective. And that's even with God. I have to look at you as a staff member and say, thank you uh, for all the help you do. You know, thank you for preaching uh, for me. Thank you for serving. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that that is, that that's encouraging. It unites us together. Uh, it enables you to, to receive. I mean, that, that humility and that word are kind of joined together. I was taught by John Eldridge to just say, I receive this with great thanks. That's right. You talk about all that Jesus did for you. You talk about all that the Holy yep. Spirit does, that God does. And you just say, I receive it all with great thanks. Yeah, the Pentecostals and Charismatics were taught to say, I receive it. Okay. Yeah. The Baptists were taught to say, amen. Uh, I'm not sure what the Presbyterians were taught. Feel free to go to yournextstepnow.com and tell me. You know, I, I, I went to a school that was uh, half Presbyterian. And I never thought to ask him that question. What was uh, the other half? Um, it was it was very diverse. Oh, okay, it was very diverse. So it was a 
It was a non-denominational I thought school. we were going to get something like Anglitarian or something like that. No, no. I mean, um, we had, uh, I think we had 50-plus denominations represented at my school. Wow. Uh, but because there was no uh, Reformed seminary in New England, other than this one, we got a lot of Presbyterians. <laughs> and so that's what, what they did. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. So so let's think about it. It's uh, the eve of Christmas Eve, and you know we have an opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. Invite somebody to celebrate Christmas with you. It doesn't have to be at the church next door. Now you know, Doug and I want it to be at the church next door. Okay, and if you don't know where it is, it's fifty-seven fifty-five Fetter Road, right here in Columbus. So you can put that in fifty-seven fifty-five Fetter Road. But go to our website, thechurchnextdoor.org. Find someone that doesn't have a place to go this Christmas Eve and invite them. Invite them to go to a church. Invite them. Invite somebody who's never been to a church before. Say, well, you're celebrating Christmas, right? I mean, you're going to give gifts. You're going to have some fun. You know, why not find out who started this party? Because it was Christians that started this party. You know, Sometimes we get a bad rap, but we need to stand up and say, you know what? The whole world, at least the business world, is extremely excited about us. Everybody from the restaurant industry to to Walmart is thankful for the because we're the ones that make their year finally end up in the black in terms of the fiscal year. So there you go. I didn't know that's what what, uh, Black Friday, is that what it is? Uh, I don't leave the house, but uh, on that day. But I didn't know Black Friday. I thought it meant like, oh, it's bad for the stores because yeah, it's so you mean busy. The weekend, but right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually it's, it's it puts them in the black, so it's good for them. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Can you imagine going through that much of the year being in the <laughs> hole? I mean, ooh, I wouldn't want that. So there you go. That's not my pitch for you to go, but you know, I want to invite you. Light a candle. If you can't go to church because you have to work, uh, you know, light a candle in your home, lift your hands in the air, and say, "God, I want to thank you for your goodness in my yeah. life." Well, the the wise men came. They said, "We have come to bow before Him." Mm. You know, I I am looking forward to our Christmas Eve services. It's the highlight of my year. I want to bow before Jesus with uh, with the family. But if you are alone. Can you find some other way to bow before him? What an act that is to say, the Lord has come. I recognize who he is. I bow before him on this day. And and I want to say this. If if you feel like, you know what, Doug, Doyle, you have no idea what I've done. I'm not worthy to go to church. Can I just tell you, I want you to imagine right now, I'm, I'm writing you a note. I'm giving you permission. You get to go to church if you want to go to church. Don't let your past, don't let something that happened this week, don't let anything keep you from saying, I want to go bow before Jesus. I want to honor God. I need some renewal. And and let your let your death valley turn into a super bloom right now. Let God uh, show up in your life. And what Doug and I are going to do right now is we're going to pray for you. Absolutely. Doug, you go first. You Absolutely. pray and then I'll pray. Lord God, you have given us the gift of gifts. Jesus Christ is all we need, all we want. Let us celebrate him this weekend. And I do pray if anybody feels on the outside unworthy, you would change their hearts. You would bring them into 
any of the, the wonderful congregations we have here, and they will feel empowered to bow before your son and receive your gift this season. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that uh, the birth of Jesus, his death on the cross, and his resurrection transformed history and transforms our life. And right now, we celebrate that, and we receive that refreshing that your word promises for our soul. God, renew our spirit within us, as David said. Give us a steadfast spirit. In Jesus' name. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again 
or share it with a friend. Look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.